Hello, and thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the She Means Business Podcast, where we bring together badass women business owners, industry leaders, and other aspiring women to celebrate their success and empower you. I am your host, Ashley Masowski. I'm a business owner, wife, and mom of twin toddlers. Ambitious is my middle name. Join our email list and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You'll find inspiring content, updates, and the chance to connect with like-minded individuals. Remember to leave a review and share how we've inspired you. Now, let's get to business. Hello, and welcome to the She Means Business podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Mostowski. I am so excited today because today is my first episode of this podcast. I have been manifesting this podcast for over six months. So this is a super surreal moment for me. So just bear with me while I get the jitters out and learn that I can talk without having somebody talk right back to me. So this is really crazy, but I'm an avid podcast junkie and I just have wanted to do this for so long. So I'm really excited to be here and thank you for listening and joining it. A little bit about me. Um, I've always wanted to be a business owner. I never knew just in what capacity. So I was a big athlete and sports junkie. So once I graduated college, I actually worked for an NHL team. The 08 crash hit my job and my husband's job was affected. So then I kind of wanted to figure out how to switch gears and what to do. And that's when Um, A family friend kind of introduced me to the insurance industry and uh, fast forward 15 years and here I am. I am an owner of an independent insurance agency located right here in Las Vegas, Nevada. So I've managed an insurance office for the last like 14 years and um, it was at a captive company, which means we only sell one insurance product. And I also, on a side note, did partner with some owners and owned a different type of business here in Las Vegas, but I always stayed full-time doing insurance um, because I really loved what I did. I managed two office, two offices, and I sold auto home and life insurance. So that's the type of insurance um, that we do as well as business insurance. And then, you know, I had some freedom, but I still had that itch to be an owner. I was done being an office manager and So I knew I wanted a little bit more and I just, I knew that insurance really was recession proof. So I decided to start my own brokerage. So I became my own boss and I haven't looked back since. So I started a scratch insurance agency with, which means no clients and just a little bit of startup money from my parents. And we have experienced some massive growth even during the pandemic. So we have just been on a roller coaster ride over the last four and a half years. And I'm so proud of my agency and my team. And then recently I merged my agency with another local agency in town and it has just been crazy. So it has definitely kept me on my toes with a lot going on on the career side of things. So with all of that happening, my husband and I were battling infertility over the last seven years. We wanted a family and kept that dream alive, but it was definitely an emotional and financial roller coaster. If any of you have ever been through infertility, it is not cheap. And 
the amount of hormones you go on just have you going up and down, up and down. So we went through that. We had three egg retrievals, four failed IVF rounds, and we had two embryos left and a final shot that we were just going to say, you know what, this is it. If we are meant to be parents, this is how it's going to be. And our miracle twins were born um, on our fifth round of IVF with our very last two embryos. So um, right in the middle of the pandemic, we got to, to have those babies in 2021, Axel and Izzy. So they have been the light of my life and definitely keep me on my toes. <laughs> um, so not only did I, I was, well, I was still new. So I had my agency for, I think we were only about two and a half years in, or just, just shy of two years in. So um, I figured it was the timing and now's the best time. And if it works, it works. And if not, we'll figure out our next steps from there. So it was definitely some, well, a lot of faith <laughs> and um, was so excited to to have my baby. So you know, it's the last couple of years, it was a massive shift. I went from, you know, working 70, 80 hours a week because, you know, my my husband worked a lot. Um, we still found time for each other, but I was just kind of glued to work. And then when babies come, you can't really do that. <laughs> they become your full-time job on top of having a job. So it was just a lot and I struggled and I'm still struggling. And I just, I kind of, I wanted to find that community. I hired actually some support fundamentals, a mind fundamentals coach that really helped me get through a lot of these struggles and she still helps me get through them. And then I hired a money coach, you know, here we're digging out of, you know, debt as a, as an entrepreneur, you know, that you're sometimes paying yourself takes a back seat to, um, paying your family and keeping your, paying your employees and keeping your business going. So I just knew that we needed to take that extra step, especially with the growth that my agency has had. So I hired those two coaches and honestly, they had a massive and have still a massive impact on uh, my life. And so with that, I just, I knew, um, you know, I love to network and meet new people and build new relationships. So I was like, you know, what better way to do that now? Launch a podcast where hopefully we can inspire other women that are wanting to open a business, have thought about it, or even like if you're stuck in your business and just need some inspiration, um, and you or you just want to listen to some badass women out there and learn and hear their stories. So hopefully you can you know take some little tips and tricks or see that you're not alone. That is the biggest thing is you're not alone in this battle and this fight. And um, that's kind of what uh, made me want to start this podcast is I just, I, I thought it would be a great opportunity to bring together this community. So enough about my story. I am so excited to launch this podcast with an extra special guest today. This special guest is a retired city manager in a city in the state of Oregon. She's a youthful 83, almost 84-year-old. <laughs> she paved the way during a time that women belonged in the kitchen, and she knew that wasn't her and where she wanted to be. So she raised 
four sons while putting herself through school and with a supporting husband and proved to society that women can be leaders and do all of the things. So please welcome my grandma, Marilyn Holstrom. Hi, Grandma. <laughs> such an honor, such an honor to be here. And uh, such a, a question mark for me as to why would you start with me? But anyway, go forward. Well, I think it would be perfect because what there were some bits and pieces about your life that I didn't know. I knew most of it, but but then when I was chatting with you and learning more, I was like, I really am my grandma. I my family are all teachers. So they're all retired teachers and you know I I'm the black sheep of the family minus two people, which would be you and my uncle. So I knew I didn't want to be a teacher, but I I was like, you know, and so then I realized I have a lot of my characteristics that I got from you. So I figured, you know, especially during the time that you kind of grew up and everything that you did, you were in a leadership position. So you didn't own your business, but you were running the city. So the fact that I have this badass grandma who was running a city, I was like, you know what? She needs to be on here because she also raised kids and she worked her way up. So lots of respect for you. But why don't you tell all of our listeners, why don't you tell them your story? Give them just like an overview of you know, when you had babies and, and how you um, kind of got to become a city manager? Well, good morning to everyone. At least we're, we're taping this in the morning, recording this in the morning. Um, I was raised during the time when families were the most important thing. Families still are the most important thing. But women had a role that was defined, as you very well put it, in the kitchen and I was not comfortable with that. I was born in 1939, but going to high school, I was in the 50s. And all of you are too young to remember the 50s. It was when the Fonz was very big on television. But all of the shows at that time were families with a mother at home who always was wearing a dress, who always was very well made up. And she uh, sort of ran the family from the background. But that's what all the shows were about. I wanted to go to college, which many women did, but I discovered when I got there that most of the women were in looking to become teachers, were looking to become nurses or in the medical field, roles that women had held for many years and still do, although it's it's now becoming both sexes, all sexes, and there were also many women in college who were there simply to learn what they could learn and find a, find a husband. That was the uh, beginning of my college career. And the other thing to tell you is that I had not a clue what it was I wanted to do in life. Um, I just wanted to go to college and be there and be educated and figure out later what it was I wanted to do. And I managed to do that all the way through college and not have any idea what I was going to do. My working life after graduating, I graduated from the University of Oregon. Go, go Ducks! Yes, <laughs> with a master's degree, and it's called an MPA. When many of you in business might have an MBA, which is a master's of business administration, mine is in master's of public administration. 
graduated with that and started moving around in all sorts of roles, some of which uh, had many women in them. But it was not until uh, we moved to the Portland area, a couple hours away from the Ducks, but still Ducks supporters, that I started to feel at home in the government area. And my first job in that was was in the Portland area in in an agency called Metro, which provides support to cities in three counties. I moved from there to become a city manager in a very, very tiny little town of only about (laughs) 5,000 people, Uh, but it was in the metropolitan area. Uh, I became acquaintances with many other people who ran cities around the state in more rural areas, same size of town, but the demands and requirements of their cities were totally different from one that's in the metropolitan area especially the Portland metropolitan area. Uh, my, my city did not grow extremely. It's, I think, sitting... It's pretty big now. Uh, I think it's about 20,000, but it can't grow any, any further because it's surrounded by all the other little cities in the Portland metropolitan area. And all of us had to learn to get along and all of us had to do all of the things that you need engineers for and... Um, paving companies for and police departments for that need to to come together and provide a good uh, a good living situation for the people in the metropolitan area. I started out as an assistant to the mayor because that was a city that did not have a city manager, was not big enough. Mm-hmm. When the when she retired, I was offered that position and declined to take it because I wanted to be a city manager, and a city manager is not an assistant to the mayor. A city manager manages the city under the direction Running the show. <laughs> yes, under the direction of policy set by a a mayor and city council who are all elected by the residents of your city. I was there for about under twenty years, a little over eighteen years, as it grew to the size that it is now. I went through many, many painful and exhausting uh, trials of becoming an involved player in the metropolitan area of of cities big and small. Uh, so that's my, and briefly, uh, my oh, life good. history. In the process, we had four sons. My husband is a teacher, retired now. And uh, we were high school sweethearts, by the way, so we are the same age. Both <laughs> of us turning 84, him this week. And me in another yep. month. But we have been together raising those children. Uh, he coached and he taught and and now is retired. And I went through all of my abbreviated things and ended up city manager uh, and retired. So we are now benefiting from four children who provided us with four grandchildren, who provided us with four great-grandchildren. Yes. 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 And... One favorite granddaughter. Uh-huh. The only female uh, in the batch. Although the males are yes. marrying females, and so uh, they they count, but not, not <laughs> yes, as you, uh, yeah. I'm still the token granddaughter. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Discover peace of mind from safeguarding your family's future to shielding your company's assets. First Choice Insurance has you covered. 
ask for a review or quote today. Well, it's interesting to me, like learning, and I, I will say, you know, grandpa was supportive. You both were supportive. And I always remember that of, you know, both of your careers. So you, you juggled, you know, you took classes in college while you had the kids, while you're still raising them. Right. So it took you a while. It took a little bit um, because you didn't go to college full time until you moved to Eugene. Right. That's right. Uh, University of Oregon, fortunately, gathered all my credits from all over, all over wherever I had gone, put them together, told me what my degree would be, my bachelor's degree, which turned out to be general social sciences. And then uh, I spent the last year uh, full time taking classes to make me uh, qualified for Oregon, uh, University of Oregon credits. So, uh, yes. And one thing that I didn't know, and I feel almost ashamed to say this, but I was a collegiate softball player. Um, I was big into basketball and softball. I did swimming early on, but basketball and softball were my go-to. But I didn't know you played softball. In high school. For Still? for one year, and <laughs> only because matter. I had a friend who decided I was much greater at the sport than I really was, and and at uh, I think the coach was being nice to allow me to remain on the team through the whole season. But yes, yes, I did, uh, which is great. I never even knew that. You know, it was so it was a different world for men and a different world for women growing up. And while I feel like we have bridged the gra- gap quite a bit from when you were growing up, there's still, there's definitely still a gap there. You know, it, I always have respected because you even said it earlier is it was never, your career was never at the expense of your family. And that's what I've been trying to continue putting in my brain. And I've, and I always know families first. That's, that's not anything. It's just, you know, those extra couple hours, I don't need to be on my phone when I'm with my kids for they're in daycare all day long. So I go, come home and I get like an hour and a half with them before we put them down. So I, I really am trying to be intentional and put the technology away. And you didn't have technology no. that we do back then, both for raising your family, but then also in the work environment, which had to have made it even harder, right? So with society and changing, what kind of, you didn't really, did you have any role models that like what made you feel like you were different you know obviously all of your friends and family like you said were in the leave it to beaver you know wearing dresses and cooking which by the way i also got my cooking skills from you or a lack thereof lack thereof that yes is, that is i i do not like the kitchen i if it takes more than i call it my grandma cooking if it takes more than 15 minutes to prep and cook it's not happening <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that skill. I appreciate that. Oh yes. <laughs> but what did you did you ha- what kind of re- made you realize you were different? You know, were there any role models? Did you you just figured it out and said I need I need to go down this path? What what got your mindset to think that way? Well, first of all, you need to understand that we didn't know we were different. We didn't know I didn't know there was such a thing as a role model. I don't know how I would have found them because we didn't have the communication available sure. as that we do today. The newspaper and the beginning of television news 
was the only thing we had. And, and mostly it was more regional and national than it was local. I only knew that I was interested in learning. I was interested in advancing. I was not ever happy when I was hired as one thing I wanted to to advance within that company and and move up immediately. I, I that's that was my goal. And we just weren't aware at that time that there was anything else available. It was what it was. I knew I was a little different because I was not involved in the in the groups of girls that were very fascinated with fashion and makeup and um, cooking and boys. And uh, of course, I was interested in boys, but uh, not not as part of the group. I did have friends. I did have girlfriends. And maybe they were all loners like me. I don't know. <laughs> but so I that's the only thing I knew. I didn't know what I was after. I didn't know what was out there. I never even tried to think about it. it was just to to go forward and go to college. This and, is what you figured yeah. was right. This yeah. is that right with you. Yeah. Yep. Went with your gut. I always trust my gut. Yeah. 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 So how how did you prove yourself? How did you prove yourself in in your jobs? Because I don't I don't know if you've mentioned it already, but you know most women took the administration roles and you know the secretary roles and receptionists and. How did you prove yourself that you were more than that? Well, first thing I had to I had to learn, I had to watch uh and I uh, watching uh both men and women in how they reacted in their roles and how they reacted in society. Um that's where I learned how I wanted to advance because women um did not move past uh, the positions that they were interested in. They they mm-hmm. uh, enjoyed having the job. They enjoyed having the money. Uh, and they wanted to do a good job in the role that they were, that they had selected. But there was no uh, degree of advancement in their minds. I don't know whether they didn't know it was available to them or they didn't want it. I don't know any of that because none of it was there for us to think about at the time. Mm-hmm. That was what happened when our city recorder retired and I was offered that job. That job as a an assistant to the mayor was not what I was after. And I felt like I had done enough. I had shown enough to the mayor and city council during that, that past year of what I was I could do and what I had done mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it was uh, a good shot at trying to get the city manager job as opposed to just assisting the mayor and whatever he wanted. I was interested in moving forward and listening to what the city council wanted and and trying to provide the best service that I could to them in order that they could make good decisions for their city. Sure. So I did that through many city councils and many mayors for uh, 18 plus years. And I know we briefly chatted in our conversation last week, but you had to be, and and I feel like sometimes I think it's just you and ours personality, but I think that's also what made you successful and to be, to fill these roles is you were, you had to do all the things you had to juggle a lot, right? So you were organized, you were efficient, but at the end of the day, you just 
figured things out, right? You just learned how to figure things out. And that helped maybe earn respect or prove yourself. I think so. And uh, I think that's the only way you could advance is, is to do all the roles, to understand all the roles. When you get into a bigger city, uh, which I eventually did, I had some people to do a lot of that. But in the beginning, I did it all. And I learned good and bad from that. But I did gain the respect of my city council and my mayor and kept that job until I was ready to retire. So looking to see how other cities were run, watching to see how people grew in their leadership roles the the nuances that they had, the personalities that they had, the way they structured themselves, that's part of the learning process is, is finding role models that way. And it doesn't have to be yeah. a man or a woman. It didn't matter if they were if they were moving along it, uh, with some successes. I wanted to see uh, how they did it and learn from their mistakes. And people then followed me and learned from my mistakes. So. Mm-hmm. I was part of a structure within the Portland areas where we met on many different levels. And Fairview was this very little, my my town was a very small mm-hmm. little place uh, compared against Portland and some of the bigger cities. But I participated at the same level they did. And they laughingly called me the mouse that roared. So uh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. I was very feisty. I'm very uh, calm now compared to what I was, but yeah, watching and learning. You still have some feisty in you. You still have some feisty, but it has calmed down a lot. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, they, you know, and I have to respect and appreciate because I didn't know those are things, obviously in a leadership role, and and I'm learning this now as I'm growing myself and being in the workforce and building my business, but you, I'm doing a lot of the things that you did and it's just a different level. But luckily nowadays we have Zoom and you know all the technology, but you're, you went to conferences, you met with other women, but you were still in a male dominated industry, right? There was, women were coming around to it, but- Women were you, coming you around got- and women sought me out to get advice, which huh? was very good. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I would laughingly tell you that the four cities in our area that, that met quite frequently, right within the last five years of, of my employment, were all being run by women, four women in the uh, outside the Portland metropolitan area, but in the same county. And those women, we did a good job and we worked together, uh, but I, that was highly unusual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were paving the way. Yeah. For granddaughters. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any tips or, you know, I, my kids are still young and I'm kind of in the nitty gritty of, of growing my business as you've been extremely supportive along the way. Um, for other women listening, do you have kind of any you know, I know you went up against roadblocks and I know you had, all, you know, you were raising four boys that were highly involved in sports and had a full-time job and you had a husband that worked and supported you. And it, it was kind of a, you had a lot going on. So any, even advice for, you know, younger women or, 
or new moms or anything like that that you think could benefit from things that you failed at or that you had to learn the hard way on <laughs> on raising your family or climbing up the corporate I know you weren't corporate, you were government level, but the ladder to be a city manager? I would say watch and listen. And I would just add that many people have written books on on what it's like to be a leader and what things to do and everything else. I have not read them. That doesn't mean they're not good. It's just <laughs> that I, I learn better watching and listening and following people than I do reading about it. And maybe I didn't have time to read anyway. The other thing is... Uh, You have to decide what's important in your life. Uh, My family came first. My job came, uh, my family came first. My job came second. And you had to make that work together. My family understood that, that in order for us to have what we all wanted in our life, uh, a home large enough for us, enough food to eat, the the basic necessities of life that in this case, both of us needed to work and Mm -hmm. both of us needed to be fulfilled in our job, which I was sometimes overwhelmingly so. Um, Mm -hmm. And so was my husband. And so we moved along that way. I didn't worry about things like keeping the house clean. And we all did laundry on one day and everybody's laundry got thrown into a pile and we did it and sorted it and put it back. And, um, I don't know that we were terribly organized, but uh, as and it sounds like we were terribly organized, but I, I don't <laughs> think we were. Uh, we just yeah. did it. Uh, we had to have yeah. the clean clothes and we had a dishwasher and uh, everybody had jobs that they did. And they all chipped in. Yeah. Uh, well, I would love to say <laughs> I, I thought they should have all chipped in. I'm not so sure they they did as much <laughs> as I thought they should. But anyway, you'd have to ask them. You'd have to ask your father who who was my oldest child. Yep. So Yep. He's your first. And you know, they probably have a whole different story than you do. <laughs> I'm I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Yeah. Yeah. So and the communication level of things grew as as I grew and, and we were able to computers came into being when I was uh in the first stages of my city management job and it was scary because uh, the secretaries in the front office were scared to death of that thing that was being put on their desk. And they all had to learn to use it, as did I. Uh, and it was uh, a scary time, probably for the first year, yeah. to uh, yeah. learn how to manage that. And then all the things that came after it, which I've not kept up with. And uh, this this thing that we're doing today is being facilitated by uh, my grandson, who is into uh, all the IT stuff? Who uh, got? I us think to... he actually. I think he actually built your computer. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, you're wrong. Well, he did. Oh. He did, but okay. it died, and then we had to buy another one. Uh, <laughs> Grandpa said, "Let's just get a new one," and Kelly went with yeah. him, and we have a new yeah. computer now. And and the IT grandson, even though he was supposed to be here while we're doing all of this, has left. Um, so. <laughs> Shout out to Kelly. Uh, yes, yes. Um, the The world today is a very different world. And uh, I watch it with interest and I watch women's roles with great deal of interest. And knowing that I was part of it coming up through and watching and being the uh, mouse that roared in the Portland metropolitan area. Most of the people that I roared with are now either retired or passed away. And uh we're still hanging in there, but 
we still have goals in life at 84 and seeing the world is one of them and we keep doing that. So, Which is well-deserved and to continue to travel. So yeah. that's, that's for sure. And you've, you've put in your time and you've done some amazing things in your career and just know that it doesn't go unseen because I am your granddaughter through and through. I, th- <laughs> I thought maybe I knew a lot of my traits came from you. And then talking to you more and more, even just over the last week or so, I'm like, I thought I was like 50% you, but I think now I'm more 80% you. <laughs> I would, I would and add. throw in the stubbornness. Yes. I would add to all to all who view this uh, this blog, that uh, one of the things that I was very careful and very strong with that I would I would share with every female that there is is control your emotions, because emotions were very important for women back in the day when I was just growing up and in high school. Women frowned and pouted and cried for the things that they wanted. And men responded to that in the way that men will respond and maybe gave a lot because the wife cried and and, uh, those kinds of things. That doesn't work in business or in in, uh, government or public life. Watch and listen other people who are strong leaders and you will not see the emotions. I did not ever allow my emotions to appear, even though my staff would know when I was absolutely furious, um, mm-hmm. but or or upset over something, they learned they knew me well enough to know. But uh, keep it inside and control it. And uh, there are different outlets. There's different ways. To, yes. I, I know I have. Uh, I know I have had many rough draft emails that I had to furiously type. But then I took, I, without even knowing that was your advice, I set that aside in the saved draft folders and let it sit for 24 to 48 hours. And then realized I either needed to delete it or just re yeah. <laughs> reword it because definitely emotions can get to you and y- you sometimes can, can cause more issues if you're not careful with it. So it's great. I was always of the opinion that anything you put on the computer could get you into trouble. And I was mm-hmm. raised during the time when we still had typewriters or I sat there and, and hand wrote things because I wasn't comfortable with the computer yet. <laughs> I, so I have never put anything on the computer and saved it because I was always afraid that somebody would hit that button and it would go someplace mm-hmm. that it shouldn't go. So, and it never disappears. So that's yeah. great. So yeah. Well, I appreciate you, and I have just loved being your granddaughter. I have learned quite a bit, and I feel like without having actual conversations about leading my business, and you've always been supportive, and you've always been there, which has helped me drastically get to where I am. So thank you for paving the way for women like myself to do big things in today's world. So I appreciate you, and Thank you. I don't think you give yourself enough credit for how well in technology you you do. So you actually do very well. You're on Facebook and do emails back and forth. And when you travel the world, you send us your blogs. So that's that's saying more than what most people your age can do. 
So give one, yourself some one, more credit. One of the stories that I tell people in order to give <laughs> myself credit is when I sent you a text way back when texting was to do three taps for an A and four taps for a T and whatever <laughs> all that was from Disney yep. Disneyland, where I had ridden Splash Mountain for the first time because I was terrified <laughs> of it and never rode on it again. But I sent you a text saying, I just rode Splash Mountain and you were in college, sitting in a college class <laughs> and passed your phone around to everybody in the room. And they'd say, who wrote that? My grandmother. <laughs> You know, uh, I remember that. Yes, <laughs> that was hard. The three taps. Yes, yes, that was very hard. Yeah, yeah. See, but, and you've already come, and now it's life is so much easier now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, I appreciate you, and thank you for coming on and being my first episode and first guest of the She Means Business podcast. So I hope that this has just been like an icebreaker, and that you know there are little things. I just figured you paved the way. So I figured this would be the best way to pave the way for my podcast to get off and running. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on and spending your morning with me yet again. Yet again. Yes, you're very, very welcome. And I (laughs) wish you luck uh, with the blog and everything else. Yep. Awesome. Thank you so much, Grandma. Yep. Bye. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Ashley Masowski. Tune in next time for more inspiration and stories from women who've made an impact. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Special shout out to Little Dog Social Media for making all of this come together.